Um, welcome back to this week's episode of The Rundown with myself, Kayla Jones of The Money Barrel, and Casey Allen, Managing Editor of BarrelRacing.com. There are so many events going on right now. Make sure that you are following BarrelRacing.com on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, um, to make sure to stay up to date on all of the events. This week is brought to us by U.S. Rider. Make sure getting into the winter months, um, for all of us that do have snow, Colorado, we got eight inches of snow last night and it was 60 degrees last week. But anyways, um, U.S. Rider is important to have in case you run into issues while you're traveling and they're offering a special for all of our listeners. If you sign up and use Rundown 15, you will get a 15% discount. So, um, make sure to get that signed up. Casey, how are you doing? I know you spent the week at Ruby, so why don't we just kick it off there? Yeah, I was going to say what you guys are getting in snow. I think Texas got in rain this week. Seriously. Um, but I, I got to miss most of it because I was up at Ruby Buckle, which I am fully blaming for how my voice sounds right now. <laughs> from the dang humidity in Memphis. Um, but man, it was an awesome week in the arena. Um, it was so much fun to watch the, I feel like I'm starting to, like, I feel like you, I'm getting into the security game a little bit, um, starting to like know which horses are going to be fast and, and stuff. It's fun. But, um, ended up overall in the futurity, uh, was Jamie Hunt and Ever Eddie. That's an Eddie Stinson, uh, colt that he was riding for Tiani Schuster. And they made bank, they won $17,000 to the owner. 2000 to Stallion and 2000 to the Breeder Victory Farms for winning the average. And then they also won round two with a smoke and run that they had there. They were like pretty far down in the first round. They were 10th. So they picked up still 1200 for the owner, 150 for Stallion, 150 for Breeder, but came back and won round two, ended up winning the average. So they were super fun to watch. And then one of the teams that you've been talking about a lot this year uh, Brandon Collins and MC, MJ Seeger's fast lane. That mare is a freak of nature to watch in person, man. They dominated the Derby um, and then actually got the win in the second round of the Open, placed deep in the Open average. Like, Brandon went home with a pile of money this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that mare, I mean, we, we've talked to him after the fizz bomb and the pink buckle and everything, and she's not easy to get around the barrels. Um because Brandon has to kind of do some acrobatics, but it's because she turns so close and so tight. Um, and, you know, again, just cool to see a horse, an aged horse, derby horse, be able to run for that much money. I get And then Emily uh, did what Emily Efford, his fiance, did well on uh, Hyper by Design in the second round. I believe she was second behind Jamie. She held the lead for a while. So they, they took a lot of money back to Texas. But my kind of most exciting part of watching the ruby buckle was watching dusky lynn hall run four horses in less than 25 riders um in the youth so she was mounted up i mean she was like jumping from horse to horse and she ended up first second and fourth in the average on those horses and won the first day uh was first second and third the first day was second behind Addison Cardoz and SR Stairway to Heaven. That was a rollover from the Derby the second day. But man, watching that kid, she's only nine. And she is on some high-powered horses. Her Palomino Wally is one of my all-time favorites. My friend Amelia McCumber 
won so much on him. And then I think Dusky bought him last fall or something like that. And they have just hit it off. And, you know, people will be like, well, she's on a high-powered horse. Yeah, but if you watch her, she's riding these high-powered horses. So, like, kudos to her to be able to manage something like that and ride those horses so well. Um, it's it's pretty impressive to see a young anybody do it, let alone a, a young girl. Yeah, and shout out to her parents because I don't I don't know if people realize how small she is until you see her in person. But there was a moment when she was trying to switch horses, and like there was nobody to actually put her up on the horse. <laughs> and she was trying to like climb up like she can't even reach the stirrup to get herself up on even the horses that are only like 15 hands so it's kind of fun to watch it's fun to watch and it also is like well I still can't win like that well that's cool uh, this was the last ruby buckle of the year um I saw their schedule come out for 2024 and looks like they're going to stick to the same format. A Guthrie run one in April, a Utah one at the end of June, and then another one out east. So kind of a fair sh shot to everybody to be able to go run. All the events have the same added money. And just a reminder, December 1st, we're only a month away, is that deadline for their $300 nominations. Normally for the buckles, you have to nominate by August 1st for the $200 amount. Um, but if you miss that, December 1st is your deadline. Um, if you don't nominate by here, your horse is out no matter what. So if they're born in 2023, get them enrolled. If you've enrolled them in the past and want to keep them enrolled for the future, if your horse is hurt but might come back, like just pay that nomination so you don't lose out on a chance to run for all that money. Anything else on Ruby, Casey? No. Um, I mean, having Pink and Ruby back-to-back, -back, like I said, it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of the same horses that we got to see run at both, but I just I just enjoyed it, and it was fun seeing them on a different pattern. You know, Memphis is such a smaller arena, uh, short run to the first barrel, very fast times. Um, it was just fun to see those horses in a different setup. Awesome. Well, on the other side of the world, um, I guess – nation not world but um <laughs> was the top shelf breeders that it was their standalone event in fallon nevada this is more the west coast based incentive they have side pots for opens um rodeos and then this is like their standalone event they have a uh, fraternity derby youth open um royal crown added some money but they kicked it off with a ten thousand added two days two d sweepstakes that was won by Gracie Beckstrom on MJ Swift Lane. Those Beckstrom girls get on those goodbye lanes and they just win wherever they go. Um, and she won first for $5,544. Jordan Knight won the 2D on Dashing French Bell, which is uh, Barbie that Taylor Hildreth ran last year and or two years ago in the fraternities last year on the derbies and then um jordan bought her so i always love seeing those fraternity horses go on and win with their next rider and jordan also won the youth average on barbie jordan has another really really nice horse and he's a swift spider um i think she won the first round of the youth so she had her horses down there uh the open was won the open warm-up race and was won by Timmy Likely. She has her great mare, Jage, single lady back. 
We saw that mare win um, again with Taylor at the Breeders Challenge and the Fizz Bomb. And so Timmy has her back and they've gone back to winning. She was actually second in the sweepstakes. So they had a great week down there. And then the Faturity was won by Anita Ellis on a Dash of Fling and Fame. It was kind of the a streak of fling show down at the top shelf. Um, a Dash of Fling and Fame is by a streak of fling and bred by Ruby Lee Walker. Um, Anita Ellis and Dina Van Tassel are sisters. For those that um, don't know, we talked about Dina and her tremendous week at the Pink Buckle earlier this month. And Vonna Walker is their mother. So if you want to talk about like a fraternity winning family, like there you go. Those are some tough girls. So congrats to Anita on winning the fraternity. And then... And Gilchrist on Fling to California, another a streak of fling, won the Derby. And I think we talked about Anne and this horse a little while back too. They won that big West Coast uh, barrel racing finals. And they also won the American Contender Qualifier. So really this event had a little bit of everything. And then what kind of stuck out to me was Sue Smith was down there getting, you know, getting some runs in, getting ready for the finals. And she was on Diamond Center. They won the first round in the Derby and ended up second in the average. And that is the buckskin um, son of her great mare centerfold that we've talked about a lot. So I am betting we see Sue on Hef when it comes time for the NFR. That's exciting. I feel like the girls are getting ready to pull some tricks out of their sleeves for the lineup of horses this year. Just the few that I've talked to so far, getting that list ready, I'm like, oh, really? Like, there's there's some interesting ones in the bunch. What I'm thinking about is, you know, I love playing the pro rodeo fantasy and the teams and everything. <laughs> and like this year, there's just uh, all these girls have multiple horses to ride. Um, and so it'll, and I think multiple horses that can win on that type of pattern. So it'll just be fun to see all the options come out. What was next on your radar? What was next on my radar was uh, actually a couple of the girls on our team got to watch a little closer than I did, but the Indian National Finals Rodeo was going on in Las Vegas. Um, So that was kind of a fun one. I know some people maybe don't get a chance to watch that because it's over on Ride Pass, uh, not on the Cowboy Channel. But something that I thought was cool there is the INFR world champion uh, ended up being Grayson O'Connor, and she was also the junior world champion. So there was some really tough girls there, like Cassie Dennison was one of the ones in the top 10. There were a few other names that stuck out, um, but to see a youth come in there and get that one was pretty exciting. And then the all-around cowgirl ended up being Tara Seaton. So kind of cool. Always get to see those girls cross over. I know Cassidy ropes also, um, but you know, I get excited about the all around. Yeah. I looked at a little bit of those results just because I'm not really familiar with that event. And it looks like it was four rounds. I mean, the rounds paid really well, the average paid really well. So um, I'm, you know, I'm not quite sure the amount of events and the scope of their year, but it's always cool to see the next generation coming up and, you know, taking a title and being a name to watch for, for years to come, I'm sure. And then back to Texas was another event that caught our eye was the J&J Productions Elder Dodge Shootout. And, you know, if we're talking about finals and getting ready for Vegas and everything, this was an event where I think a lot of those Texas girls made some good runs to, you know, start getting ready. It was three rounds. 
NFR style. They had 10,000 added between the rounds. This was just an open race. It was open to everybody. And they also had a $7,500 high dollar 3D shootout that people could run in um, day two. So the first day was actually won by Randy Prindle on her great gelding, Redman Jones. Um, they've won so much. And that paid 2300 to win it. But also placing in that first round, we saw Paige Jones on High Cotton Lane, which is another one of her geldings that we didn't really see her rodeo on as much this year, um, but she's had tremendous success on him. So pretty cool see him clocking well on an NFR-style pattern. Jordan was there getting some runs on Rolo. I know she placed in the first day and the second day, as well as the slot race. And then Stevie Hillman placed day one on RV Bridget and Sand in My Socks. So those girls um, getting ready in that small pen. The race paid out really well. Round two was yesterday. We obviously don't have round three results because it's going on as we speak. But Stevie set an arena record on Sandy. She ran a 13.473 to win the day and the high roller slot race. That high roller slot race paid $7,300. So... Not bad for just an open race. <laughs> yeah, right? Not not bad at all. I think it was $300 entry fees. Um, pretty cool to see. And then the 2D was split between Bristol Piner and Miss Firewater Hottie and Alicia Broussard on Bogey's French Trick. We've seen that duo win a lot in the past couple weeks. Paid 3631 for the 2D split. And then the 3D was won by Kaylin Craddock and TM Coronado Rose for 2925 So um, opportunity for all there. And then another thing that kind of stuck out to me was Stevie actually was there on Morning Traffic, who we all know is Martini. Stevie's had a ton of success on her, and she's actually been winning um, for a couple years now with her owner, Michelle Darling. Kind of alluded to the fact that Stevie will have Martini when she goes to Vegas. And with Martini, Sandy, and Bridget clocking well, working well, winning well on an NFR pattern, um, just another one of those cowgirls that is going to be stacked deep when it comes time to Vegas. Yeah, I feel like Stevie has had such an up-and-down experience with the Thomas and Mac the last couple of years. It's pretty exciting to see her have such a strong team of mares, and I'm excited to watch Martini. I think she's just awesome, and I love the way she just slides in the turns. Um, it's such a cool style. Me too, but and I know Ty and Stevie listen to this, and it's Stevie's turn to be on the podcast. So <laughs> hopefully we will have Stevie on in the next couple weeks getting ready for the NFR. No promises because I actually haven't asked her yet, but that is my goal. So <laughs> be on the no lookout. No pressure, but... <laughs> no pressure, but I'm going to speak it into existence right now. Um. So next week's going to be pretty exciting. Is that all we've got for this week? I think so. Awesome. Well, I'm going to be sleeping for a couple of days, hopefully. And then I'll actually be up at the Riata Buckle next week. I feel like this is just my month of buckles. Um, I'll be at the Rope Horse Maturity next week. But I know that Jamie Hunt was one of those people that went straight from Ruby Buckle. He went home for, I guess he'll be home for a day. And then he's got MBHA Open World starting on Monday. And I believe Senior World is going on also. So there will be a lot of open money paid out uh, down in Georgia. And then Wilderness Circuit and Turquoise Circuit are going to be having their circuit finals next weekend. So 
we're gonna be we're gonna have lots to pay attention to lots to pay attention to we'll bring you all the updates and just tune in to all episodes of the rundown thanks for listening everyone 